Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. <laughs> B-F-F-T. From the Pac West Center in downtown Portland, presented by High Caliber Millwrights, here's John Canzano with the Bald Face Truth. One of my favorite guests over the years to have on is former University of Oregon offensive lineman, eight-year NFL veteran, guy with Fox, also with Sirius XM. Jeff Schwartz is joining us. Schwartz, you had a haircut today. Tell me what that's like. This is qu- this question's for me. Give me the experience of yeah. getting a haircut. You know, man, I always get a haircut on, like, I don't have a lot of time during my week, so I just go get a haircut. And my barber moved. I know you're going to feel sorry for me. My barber was, like, two minutes <laughs> away from me, and he moved, like, 25 minutes away from me. Ooh. So I have to be very specific about when I get my haircut. So it's always kind of when I have a little bit of downtime, and I just want to kind of, like, shut my brain off. And it's just so relaxing, like, the, the sound of the clippers and the hair and the hair being trimmed but with the scissors like you just get this relaxed state where if there was such thing as like uh, a trim and a nap man if you, if you get in a bed i would go right to sleep have a great nap but unfortunately <laughs> the world doesn't work like that i'm envious man uh, i'm envious but also i <laughs> what's a haircut cost like give me an idea what am i saving by okay. not having to do a haircut so at the old barber shop before this guy moved it was cash only. It was it was eighteen dollars, unbelievably cheap. Wow. Um, the new place is thirty bucks, but the, the difference is, is like the new place has, like TVs and Wi-Fi and like better facilities and stuff. So I'll pay. So I get my haircut once a month. So thirty bucks is fine. All right, let's talk about the football games. Uh, a whole bunch of big time, Pac-12 football games. Uh, UCLA at Oregon, man. How are you feeling about that as a as a former duck? Oh, man, it's great. You know, a couple of things. One is that we haven't had a game like this at home in quite a while. I mean, even going back to maybe Washington in 2018. Because you remember in 2019, the year with the Rose Bowl, we basically played all our quote-unquote rivals and, like, big games on the road that year, right? And then our home games, like, weren't against a, a, ton, of, a ton of great teams where you feel like, you know, you know this game, the atmosphere. Um, so it's been, a, it's been a long time. I'm really excited for – our fans to experience this again. You know, it's going to be a little overcast, a little rainy, like the perfect atmosphere for a game uh, in October in Austin Stadium. So I'm really excited for, for that part of it. And I just think that, uh, you know, we're seeing each week the team, in my opinion, get incrementally better, right? We're seeing adjustments being made even in games, um, the level of play pick up each week. And this is a great opportunity to see if it's all kind of paying off against a really good Bruins squad. So good, you know, good chance for Landing and, and staff to really, I think, cement what they're doing, which I think has been very positive um, over over the first six weeks. The offensive line of Oregon, uh, you know, they haven't allowed many sacks this year. Bo Nix obviously being mobile plays a role in that. But how does that match up in your mind go with Oregon's offensive line, UCLA's front seven? Yeah, the Bruins, you know, can uh, can get after. Right? Lotu in the middle is really, really good uh, on the uh, on the defensive line. The, the the Murphy twins as well, uh, the transfers. You know, one thing is a lot of offseason ink was spilled 
on Lincoln Riley and the transfer portal, right, what he's done there. But Chip Kelly deserves equal amount of credit. Look, obviously they're running back, not in this transfer portal, but Zach Charbonnet, right? They're Right now they're left tackle from Rutgers, Jake Bobo from Duke. Their entire defense, all transfers. Latu, you know, Washington kid. I think he's a Washington kid. Uh, the, the Murphy twins, the entire secondary, like, he did the exact same thing that Riley did, um, and obviously, the, you know, they're playing very well. So, you know, to me, it is about the offensive line controlling those guys. And, you know, it's a big step up in competition from what they faced since, since the Georgia game. And, you know, sometimes early in games it takes a little bit of time as an offensive lineman when you play a better team to kind of get used to the physicality and the speed of those players. So I'm very curious to see how – Maybe the game plan adjusts for that early in the game. I'm not sure if the thing I have to worry about as the game you know grows longer. That's oftentimes really good, um, but it's it's pretty interesting to see kind of what they're going to do early in the game to to my opinion kind of adjust to you know more of like the game speed change and just playing a better team. Let me ask you because Oregon got that taste against Georgia, but then you know they've not faced. Uh, a front, a defensive front that is as big or physical or as athletic as Georgia's yeah. front, obviously. But do you gain something as an offensive lineman when you play against a superior player in week one? Do you carry that all the way to week six, week seven, week eight, or is that kind of a one-off, uh, you know, mind-blown experience when you when you jump in there? Um, I also I would say Washington State's defensive line not as big as UCLA, but they're pretty good. So they had at least a little bit of that in there. Um, I think you carry it with you because what it does is it makes you change the way you prepare, right? Because when you're like, oh man, like what, what I what I what I have done, and I, again I tell you, Oregon's offensive line held their own in that game. There wasn't a lot of pressure on Knicks. Uh, Jalen Carter played well as he showed. He's going to be a, a top three pick in the draft. But there weren't a lot of tackles for losses. Like, it was a pretty good job by that front. But what it does is it makes you realize kind of where you need to, to practice a little bit more, where you need to be at. And, look, um, if Oregon had played Georgia State to start the season, we'd be in the top four right now. We'd be talked about as a playoff team. Uh, but I'm fine with playing Georgia. Like, that's what big programs do. They schedule tough opponents. And, yeah, we got our butts whooped. It might keep us out of the playoff. But uh, look at what we've done since then, right? Like, it was clearly – a good learning experience for the coaching staff, for the players, and they responded accordingly. I expect them to see. Uh, I expect to see a great performance on Saturday as well. Jeff Schwartz with us, uh, former NFL offensive lineman, a guy you can catch on SiriusXM. Great follow on Twitter as well. Jeff, um, you know Chip Kelly's return. A lot's going to be made of that. And I th- and I think anytime Chip Kelly comes back, or anytime Oregon has a coaching vacancy, people are going to think about Chip Kelly and what he means to the yeah. program. You were part of it. You watched him elevate the program after your career like you know what do you make of the dynamic of chip kelly he's fantastic and um he should get a standing ovation as usual when he comes out and you boom the rest of the game right like as i think any fan any fan would right like he deserves a round of applause all those things and he, he is very deserving of that but of course when the game starts you hope he loses right and i think chip would appreciate that from the Oregon fans yeah i think you know, what Chip has really done this year um, is kind of, I think, his groove about what works best to build his roster, right? The knock on him is always that he's not a recruiter like a Dan Lanning, right? Like he's not hes not this guy that's going after, grabbing the four and five stars, like trying to make plays for these guys. He offers a small amount of kids, and he wants players that fit exactly what he does. But now he can do that with older players in the transfer portal, right? Older guys that he might connect with 
a little bit better. Guys who he's seen film on, he's like evaluated. Okay, this is what you, you know, Jake Bobo, right? You're a big wide receiver. We we lost our tight end. We lost our best slot guy. You can fill both those spots, right? You can be kind of our tight end and our slot guy at the same time. Like come to UCLA. Here's what we're doing for you know for Dolphins. Here's what we're doing with Phillips. Come be a Bruin. Like I feel like he's finally found the way to build his roster at UCLA, the way that works best for him. And, again, I don't think Oregon fans and, and, and the athletic department wants to build a roster quite the same way. I think they're using the, the, you know, the portal. If they have, right, we know Bo Nix, obviously, a couple running backs, a couple of defensive linemen, but I think uh, corner as well. I think, generally speaking, that's how they would do it, four or five guys here and there, and then recruit the four- and five-star kids. That's not what Oregon wants anymore, right? So, or you, that's all Oregon wants, not what Chip does. So I think Chip has found the perfect place for him, man. And I'm, I'm, he's happy there, as, as we know. He's winning a lot, and I'm looking forward to watching. He's off a of bye, man. Like we're going to see peak Chip Kelly offensive production and creativity on Saturday. Give me an idea from your standpoint. The bye week, the extra week, does it benefit Chip Kelly? an offensive-minded guy, or does it benefit Dan Lanning on a, you know, a defensive-minded guy, or is there a little bit of both going on there? Um, it's a little bit of both, but I will say that one of the questions, I have a couple questions for this game. One is how UCLA handles the weather and the atmosphere, right? It's their first road game, Colorado doesn't count, in eight weeks. It's going to be a big difference for them. It's wet, be a little rainy, be a little damp, whatever. The second one is the reason Oregon lost the Georgia game they got out-coached, right? Like, Georgia came out with a much different offense than they had run at any time under Kirby Smart. They basically did the exact opposite of what they've always done. And I don't think we were prepared for that. And I think we changed the way we played to prepare or really to have our defense prepared to fix some of those issues we saw in the Georgia game. And so in this bye week now, if you are Dan Lanning and staff on defense, how do you approach it, right? Like, did you learn from your preparation against Georgia? I don't think they were they – were, they, they, they didn't prepare. They just prepared for the wrong things, right? So do, do, you, do you take this time to not, like, over-prepare and not think about the game too much and just just kind of have a solid game plan? So that's what I'm just kind of – and we might not even notice it, like, until halfway through the game on Saturday. But that, to me, is the fascinating part about it. It's just Chip Kelly's offense and what he wants to do and what the wrinkles he's going to make against kind of Dan Lanning and his defense and figuring out, okay – Here's where they might attack us, but let's not, you know, let's not over, overthink this a little bit. So I'm curious how that matchup goes. That's my number one thing to look at. Jeff Schwartz with us, Fox Sports, also Sirius XM. Schwartz, uh, around the conference, a lot more enthusiasm. You have, obviously, USC, UCLA, Utah, Oregon, uh, you know, Washington, Washington State, Oregon State are all, are all passable uh, or better. Um, what do you make of the conference landscape? Well, we have better coaches and better quarterbacks, right? That kind of helps. Um, it's a big reason why, right? You better coach a USC, better quarterback. Better coach a Washington, better quarterback. Um, I never thought I'd say this, but better quarterback in Oregon. Bo Nix has been the best quarterback they've had since Justin Herbert, right? Um, I think Dan Lanning is a heck of a coach. You know, Chip Kelly has a good quarterback in fifth year in in uh, in in, uh, in DTR. Like Cam Rising, obviously, with an excellent coach in Kyle Whittingham. So you just have better better coaches and better players at important positions, right? Even going to Jake Dickert, I think, is a really good coach. Cam Ward's sort of up and down. But that that matters, right? And then you have Jonathan Smith, obviously, who's doing it all. And we've talked about this, 
you know, doing it all without the quarterback, right? Like, out of all the positions, that's the one where I think they would say we need the biggest upgrade um, on our roster. So um, it, it's that simple. Like, you know, if you have good coaches and good quarterbacks, you're going to win more games than not. And I think the Pac-12 has upgraded in those spots in the last couple of seasons. Schwartz, uh, you know, in the NFL we've seen – Offensive uh, quarterbacks obviously being protected, the roughing the passer stuff. Where do you stand on that as a guy who played in the league for eight years? Yeah, I don't like it. Um, I feel that, and I understand the need to protect quarterbacks, right? It's um, it's the lifeblood of, of, I just talked for two minutes about quarterbacks, right? It's the lifeblood of football. It's very important. You know, of course, like in this game this weekend, you don't want to see Ty Thompson against Ethan Garbers. You want to see DTR and Bo Nix. So I understand the, the idea of protecting quarterbacks, but I think it's gone too far. I mean, there are so many things where defenders are just tackling, right? They're just doing their basic job and getting getting flagged for. And that, to me, is, is where we have to be better as officials. And I'm not even – I'm not sure I even want them reviewed. I mean, if I want them reviewed, it's like 30 seconds. You have a sky judge, they watch the play, and that's the end of it. It's either a, a rough in the passer or not. And I, I don't even know if I want more stoppages of play. The targeting rule, man, it just it bothers me. To, it's, it's worse to me. The targeting rule is it, the, the, the rule is supposed to protect players from, from obvious instances of being defenseless and getting hit in the head. It doesn't do that. Like, the amount of times guys get thrown out, you know, going back to the, the uh, D.J. Johnson one against Washington State, like, what is he supposed to do? I, I don't know what you, what you want the defenders to do. The game is played – so fast, right? It's played so fast, and we review these plays in super slow motion, and we zoom in. Oh my God, his helmet grazed the other helmet. So like, like to me, that's not the spirit of the rule, right? The spirit of the rule, and we know what it is. We're not dumb football fans, right? Our wide receiver is over the middle of the field, and he gets lit up right in the helmet. Okay, fine, throw that guy out, whatever. But the other stuff, like this ticky tack stuff, like come on, man. I, I just think it, it it doesn't help the game. It slows the game up. Fans are, are angry about the, the ejections and, 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 and the targeting calls. Um, it really it really bothers me. And I, they're not going to do anything about it. We're just going to be angry. But I think it makes the product much worse. All right. I, I picked Oregon 38-31 over UCLA. I like the home field in the Pac-12. What's Jeff Schwartz say? <sighs> I am picking Oregon to win, but I would take the Bruins to cover the six or six and a half. That's what I look at. I mean, you've. Two very even teams, in my opinion. Um, I think Oregon's defense is a little bit better than they give them credit for. A lot of points scored late in games when, when the starters are out. Uh, I think really think home field advantage is a huge deal here. If you look at, again, like, look at last weekend. How many home teams won their games, like, in these big games? It is hard to go on the road and win as a dog, especially when you haven't done it yet this season and you're playing a little bit of, of, of some weather. So I think Oregon wins again. And maybe Oregon will get respect. I feel like the talk around Oregon is still like, oh, they lost to Georgia. Yeah, we did. We got our butts whooped. But like that was that was when the sun was still out, right? Like this, it's a new, it's a fall now. Like can we move past that that loss for Oregon? So I uh, hope they win. They got a tough stretch coming up with a bunch of a better game. So it'd be nice to start off after bye with a win. Jeff Schwartz, thank you, my friend. Take care, bud. Thanks for having me. Jeff Schwartz, catch him on SiriusXM Fox Sports. Good follow on Twitter. Still ahead on today's show, we'll talk to Mike Sanford, the Colorado coach. Plus, what's your peeve is coming up, and we'll talk about Oregon and Chip Kelly. You got the bald-faced truth statewide on the BFT Radio Network. 
We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry Truth. to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.